Carbs are not the problem. We tend to like to have a villain in our life, and we often think that if there's a problem with your body, then there's a villain out there that's creating the problem. And we villainized a lot of things that really, again, don't have the power to change us in the way that we give them credit for. Carbs right now are a massive villain in the health space. We fear them, we question, should we be eating them? And yet we love them. And it becomes this big battle of, I don't think I should be eating them, I love them, I'm going to restrict them, I'm going to deprive myself of them because that's the healthy thing to do. But here, at the end of the day, what we know about food is it's not about these extreme lifestyles. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well-lived. Welcome back to Made for Living Well. My name's Alexa, and I'm so pumped you're here. Today, I want to share seven unpopular health opinions that I hold that have just shaped the way that I view health and it's really changed the action I take. I'm excited to bring these to you not to add more controversy or confusion to the health space, but hopefully to break down some of the excess confusion that we have that leaves people paralyzed and unable to do anything because we don't know what the right thing to do is. So I'm excited to bring these to you, and I hope that it gives you encouragement and also some new perspective that can shift your own view of health. And I would love to know if you have any additional unpopular health opinions that you have that you would like to add to the list, leave a comment over on the blog at thelivingwell.com or send me a message at alexa at thelivingwell.com. I love to hear from you, and I would love to hear what your unpopular health opinions are because I'm sure you have them. Now, as always, don't forget to head to The Living Well, like I just mentioned, to learn more about today's blog post. Sign up for the weekly fill, which is my email list, and it dives deeper into unconventional health topics that combine your mind with your body and your body with your soul, working out of the whole of who you are. I like to think of it as like the zoomed out approach to health that sees you in the wholeness that you are and also sees health not as the purpose of your life, but the way to live your life. So head on over to The Living Well, sign up for the weekly fill, and while you're there, take a look around. I think you'll find some things that you might enjoy. Now, also, we're getting really close to summer and the summer series that's about to launch that's going to dive more into the mind-body connection and why this is so important, how your body communicates with your mind and your mind with your body, and really how to change the identity and the story that you live out of, because that changes everything. Sounds complex, but I promise we're going to break it down nice and slowly and also offer you practical advice to help you start to live it out in your own life. So stay tuned for the summer series that's coming the first part of June. In the meantime, we do have some great podcasts still coming your way for the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned for that. One last thing before we get started with today's show, I do want to remind you that I have all kinds of classes and helpful workshops that are going to help you on your healing journey. Now, we might be talking about unpopular health opinions, but if you want to learn more about this perspective I hold, I showcase it in every single one of the classes and workshops that I have listed on my website. Check all of that out at thelivingwell.com. And don't forget to share this with your friends and family. It really does mean the world to me. 
For now, I want to dig right into today's show and start talking about the seven unpopular health opinions that I hold. Now, I first want to say these unpopular health opinions did not just show up out of the blue. These are because I lived and fought through the quote unquote traditional health practices that we have, and I just found that they didn't work for me. In fact, they did the opposite. They made me more unhealthy until I eventually crashed and burned. And through my healing journey, I started to uncover that maybe the way that we were going about health wasn't actually healthy or beneficial or working in any way, shape, or form. Until eventually, one day, I quit health. Now, I have an entire podcast about quitting health. I'll link it up in the show notes. But essentially, I got so fed up with the idea that we had to chase health and strive for and reach it. And it felt so impossible. Like the more I tried, the less I achieved it. Until eventually, I was like, what is the purpose of this? What is the purpose of health? Because more than giving to my life, it felt like all it did was take from me. And I just quit. I One day I woke up and I was like, I'm done. I know I'm a nutritionist. I know I've invested my entire life into this industry. And I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do it for me. And I don't want to do it for you. Because I felt like it was wrecking us as a whole. And if we look at society, we can see that diets have really done nothing beneficial for the scope of our health. Like, If we look at statistics alone, if we look at research, there has never been one diet that has worked for the majority of people. And most diets don't work long-term for anyone. And yet we continuously pour our lives and our souls and our finances and everything into it, essentially selling our souls to the devil for nothing in return. So I quit health and in the process of quitting health, I couldn't let go of the idea that I still believed deep in my core that we were supposed to be healthy and health should be easy, right? Like it should not be as difficult as we made it to be. It really is our design. And so what were we missing? So I quit health or at least the traditional idea of health and I went in search of what I realized and I uncovered was the true form of health. And I wanna break those down in these seven unpopular health opinions. The first one is a big one. The first one is one of the biggest ideas that I came across and that is, Health is not a destination. And you might be like, oh yeah, I get that, right? Like, I get that. But at the same time, isn't everything that we've learned about health, even the definition, the only definition of health that we have lived for, which is really not even a true definition or a steady definition, it's just an idea or perception of health, which is the understanding that health is free of all disease and illness. It's essentially arriving at this euphoric place of perfection, And I don't know about you, but being human, I've realized that there is literally no level of perfection in my life. Maybe it's just me, but I'd have to argue that for the majority of us, we're never going to arrive at such a place. And even if we do, we can't expect our life to stay there. One, because what we know about mortality, 100% of people will die. That is the reality. Not to mention, 100% of people will age. Our bodies are always aging. And we can't expect perfection when our bodies are constantly going through these cycles, just as life is. Like achieving some state of perfect health is not just impossible, it's leading people astray and chasing a way of life 
that is so far from reality and so outside of the purpose of humanity that I feel like this alone has done such a disservice to all of us that I can't help but talk about it because I don't want you to live for the destination. The destination that says health isn't a number on the scale or the way that you look or how much energy that you have or how you function through your life. Like we think it's this arrival at a place and that's why we have all kinds of trackers and all kinds of markers and equations and the scale that we obsess about because we think that if we do those things, then we'll get there. And really what I think we're looking for at this destination is what all of creation is looking for, a place to belong, to be seen, and to be known. But those things will never come if we can't learn to experience them now. And that's a podcast for a different day. But I'm here to tell you, Health is not a destination. And as long as you keep it that way, you'll be on a forever chase that will never satisfy. When really, health is an action. Health is not a noun, it's a verb. And when you start to see health as a verb, as the action you take, as what you do, it makes health practical. It makes it something that you can achieve because we can all do something Even if that doing something doesn't get you to the place that you think health is, it's the doing that creates health. It's the action you take that produces a feeling that really creates health inside of you. And so I want to tell you, unpopular health opinion number one that I'm not here for is health is not a destination. We have to break up with the idea that getting to a certain number on the scale is automatically going to make you healthy or getting rid of X, Y, and Z is gonna make you healthy. No, 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 health is going to change. It's always gonna be varied. It's always gonna ebb and flow. But what you need to know is health is not set in stone, but it's what you do to create it. It's the action you take to change and create the feeling you want to achieve. So that's unpopular number one. And if you write that down and leave it somewhere, it should start to shift the things that you do to arrive at a place and starts to allow you to experience health in the moment. Instead of working out to look a certain way, you can start to work out just to feel a certain way. And when you feel it, you recognize how momentary, how quickly you can experience health in the everyday. So no more waiting, just start living it. So that's unpopular opinion number one. Number two is you don't need a new diet because food isn't your problem. Now, you might think it is because we all on some level probably have a little bit of an issue with food. Yes, food can be a problem, but we give too much power to food when really food has no power. The power is in us, not in the food that we consume. But we allow food to have power over us because we don't know that we actually have the power over food. Food doesn't choose you, you choose food. And really, when we look at food, food is just a distraction to the bigger image of what health is. Food is just one piece of the puzzle, not the entire puzzle. And I don't want you to hear me say that food isn't important. It definitely is, and it's going to change how you feel. But when you put all of your focus into food, you just distract yourself from the thing that is going to change how you feel or to help you understand what it is that you feel and what it is that you want. And that's body awareness. I really believe that health and food is one of the greatest distraction techniques to actually letting you experience 
lasting health because it distracts you from the reality that health is such a bigger image than just what you eat alone. In fact, you can eat a lot of the right things and a lot of the wrong things and never see change. Not because food isn't important, but because what's more important is how your body responds to the food. So don't get so distracted by what you are eating that you neglect to understand, but what is my body doing with what I'm eating? You see, what you need more than another equation is just simple body awareness to recognize what is my body doing with what I'm consuming and is it healthy or is it not? And by healthy, I mean, does it make you feel good or does it not? If we pay more attention to our body, we can start to understand how amazing it is at communicating with us and how amazing it is at producing health inside of us. So that's number two. You don't need a new diet and food isn't your problem. It's just a distraction. What you need is body awareness. Number three kind of goes along with that and it says carbs are not the problem. Neither is cortisol or insulin and we're gonna talk about cortisol in a minute. We tend to like to have a villain in our life and we often think that if there's a problem with your body, then there's a villain out there That's creating the problem. And we villainized a lot of things that really, again, don't have the power to change us in the way that we give them credit for. Carbs right now are a massive villain in the health space. We fear them. We question, should we be eating them? And yet we love them. And it becomes this big battle of, I don't think I should be eating them. I love them. I'm going to restrict them. I'm going to deprive myself of them because that's the healthy thing to do. But here, at the end of the day, what we know about food is it's not about these extreme lifestyles. We can't continuously blame outside things for internal things. And we can't continuously think that everything is out to get us. Because then we're always the victim. And victims rarely create solutions. And you have the ability to create a solution. And that's recognizing That it's not carbs that are the problem. It's not your insulin problem or your blood sugar problem. But really, it's this extreme lifestyle that we're trying to attempt to live because we think the extremes are going to create the fastest and the greatest change. The tricky part with that is that it does for a while. It does create massive change for a short time until the body starts to compensate. And the body always compensates to re-regulate what you've provided because that's what your body does to survive. It will work with you or against you if it has to. And I think a lot of times when we start to make outside things a villain, we also start to villainize our body and we start to make decisions based on what we think it needs rather than what it actually needs. We start to make decisions based on how we can get to point Z the quickest and the fastest with no regard to how your body might respond to that. So we see quick change, but then we start to see symptoms. And that's what we see whenever we restrict an entire macronutrient or we go on these rash fad diets. It's because it's not realistic or practical for the long term, but it's also neglecting that your body might need some of those things for support. It's this extreme lifestyle where we feel like we have to hack off whole parts of being human to achieve a destination. And we're very extreme in nature. 
But at the end of the day, the very thing that your body needs more than anything is balance. Your body is always working to achieve a state of balance. And you can either work with it or against it. And if you work against it, what you have to know is your body will still create it. And that might mean working against the work that you're trying to do. And this is where we see the full-on body war. And I want to end that because it never works in your favor long-term. Your body will always win. Even if in the short term you see the results that you want to see, long-term your body wins. So what you need to know is health is not going to be found in eliminating any big macronutrient or villainizing any aspect of your body that you might hate. Can carbs be a problem? Absolutely. Can insulin? Absolutely. Can cortisol? Absolutely. But it's not always the problem. In fact, it's a problem a rare majority of the time, and it's a problem when ultimately you try to take control working outside of what your body needs. So don't just look at all of these things as the problem, but start to get to know them and understand them for what their purpose is. And when you can understand their purpose, then you can start to fill your body to create that purpose, to enable that purpose, to really support that purpose. And that's what's important is not recognizing that not all carbs are bad, even if some are, and starting to put more emphasis in the things that can help you, the carbs that your body needs, and your body does need carbs. So that's number three. Carbs are not the problem, but your body is craving balance. Number four kind of goes along with that, and it says your job is not to change your body which is a huge idea in the health space. We are constantly looking for ways to change our body. We call it healthy, but really I think on the backside, we're looking for ways to change how our body looks, to change the number on the scale, to change how much body fat we have. Like we're looking to change. And change isn't bad. In fact, all of life is changing and we should constantly be embracing change because change is very supportive to the body. But here's the thing. When we're working to change our body, we often neglect our body. We neglect paying attention to it. We neglect the body awareness. And instead, we just opt for basic human knowledge, which is just collecting information and consuming health rather than learning how to create it. And we're great at consuming health information, maybe too good. Arguably, that's one of the problems is that we have way too much knowledge and we really don't know what to do with it. Everything feels wrong. And I don't mean to cuss, but it's like damned if you do and damned if you don't, right? Like that's kind of how health feels anymore. But that's only because you're looking at health solely by the lens of how do you change your body? When at the end of the day, the only way to help our body change is recognizing that that's not our job, but it's the job of our body. And the only thing our body needs help with is supporting it. The more you learn how to support your body, the more it will naturally change in the favor of which you want. It might not get there perfectly because some of the change that we're striving for is really not healthy at all. Like sometimes I see people who will leave a comment and say, I just want help getting to this weight. And I think that is actually not even healthy for your body type. Like it's not physically healthy for you. Can we get there? Sure. But are you going to stay there or will your body eventually revolt to get you back to a safe space? I mean, that's more true. And I live there, right? Like I helped people do that only to recognize it didn't last. Why didn't it last? 
because your body is always fighting for the safest place. And what it needs is not help changing your body. It doesn't need you to do its job. It just needs you to provide an environment where it can do its job. It needs the resources and support to do the job that it was designed. Now, if you think about this like on a cellular level, right, your cells need energy and they need nutrients and they need protein and they need all these things to produce something for your body. Now, we can choose to try to do the action for our body, but that really doesn't help the cells. It just creates more chaos inside the system. But if we neglect to fill our body with the nutrients, with the energy, with the proteins that our cells need, then our cells stop producing the actual outcome that we're looking for, and it shifts the entire state of the body to work more in survival. It does the best with what it has, and it starts to compensate and downregulate. And this is where people run into all kinds of symptoms and problems they want to blame back on their body. But here's the thing, your body is for you. It's constantly working on your behalf to create the healthiest environment that it can. Your body wants to be well more than we ever give it credit. But what you need to know, it can only do that to the degree in which you support it. So stop looking at your body for how you can change it and start shifting that to how can I support it? And that shifts the entire perspective of what you do. It makes you really start to focus on, is this helping my body or is this hurting my body? It's not just about, well, this has less calories, so that must be what I need to do to change my body. I mean, that's kind of the traditional logic in the health space. Consume less calories, restrict more food, work out harder, and attempt to change the body, but without any regard to how is my body reacting to that? And we see a lot of damage done here. But if you can start to look at things like your workout, not for how you can change how you look, but how does this workout support my energy? How does this make me feel? Does it make me feel strong and vibrant or does it make me feel sluggish and swollen? The two are very different. But when we go in with the idea that we have to change our body, we can completely neglect and suppress how we actually feel and how our body's responding. So I want you to look at the food that you eat, the lifestyle practices that you create, not as right and wrong, good and bad, this moral compass that the world told you you need to follow and start to just pay attention. Is this supporting my body? And if it's not, at least not in this moment, don't do it. Don't engage with it, even if people call it healthy. The only thing that's healthy is the thing that works for you. So do more of that. So that's tip number four is your job is not to change your body, but learn to support it. Unpopular health opinion number seven is the reason you can't change is not a willpower problem. Again, when we're constantly looking at the body for how we can change it, we kind of force it into this unnatural and unhealthy state, creating the body war where your body feels against you. And it is fighting against you, which can make this feel like, What is wrong with me? Why will my body not change? And we do so many big rash things in the health space, so many big twists and turns that are so unnatural to your normal way of life and unnatural to what your body actually needs that it makes it really difficult to follow through with. In fact, most people on some level can probably all agree that you hate the act of dieting. 
Now, there are aspects of health and dieting that are necessary, and we should have discipline. We need a healthy amount of discipline to actually follow through with the things that we should be doing, the things that support our body. Because it's not always pleasurable to put on your running shoes or hiking shoes to go out when you could be sitting on the couch watching Netflix. But we have to know that when we do it for supporting our body, we recognize there's still something good on the backside. The discipline stops being um, a disadvantage. It stops being a life suck, uh, something that is against you. And you start to see it as something for you. You see the good in it. Now, the problem with this is, is that we've made and started to understand a lot of the health things that we do as a mindset problem, right? Which it is. There's a lot of mindset loops involved in changing health. But when we attach our behavior to our lack of willpower, and the reason we can't change to a problem with us, we neglect to recognize that maybe it's not so much us as the thing that we're trying to engage with. We fail to recognize that maybe the thing that you've called healthy or that the world has told you healthy is actually so unhealthy for you that your body is revolting by preventing you from engaging with it or by triggering cravings on the backside. Now, when we really look at willpower and change, one of the things that we need to address with both of those is that you have to have adequate energy in order to do either one of them. In order to have willpower, you have to have energy. Without energy, there's no willpower. The same thing goes for change. In order to truly change, your body has to feel safe and energized. Without a sense of safety, we'll continuously repeat old patterns. Now, you can make that an issue of just your mindset and try to will yourself into it or try to just think more positively, but that never works because your body has to have the support in order to change. So really, it's not just because you can't change. It's because your body doesn't feel supported to change. It really just prevents your body from feeling safe enough to engage with the behaviors that you want. And so it's not a willpower issue. It's an energy issue, and it's a support issue. Your body has to feel supported and safe in order to change. And that means you have to learn to work with your body instead of against it. And if you're kind of catching on to the theme here, it's proving two things. One, health is about working with your body. It's about supporting it, but it's also about doing. It's the action you take, an effort to support your body. It's the action. It's the means of creating health. And that's really what health is. And that's why so much of this feels so close to the same, but it actually is incredibly different. Which brings me to number six. Stress isn't actually as bad for you as people make it out to be. It's our perception of stress that's bad, not the stress itself. In fact, your body was designed to do hard things. It thrives in stress. And stress is really what propels your body to change. So if you want to lose some weight, if you want to get stronger, if you want to do these things, you have to push your body into a state of work. It's the work that creates change. But the problem is, is that your body needs balance in order to maintain the benefits of the work. And this is where a lot of people fall short. They recognize that you have to change. You have to push your body to create change. 
But we fail to recognize that your body also needs the support and the balance on the backside of that. And your body is always working to achieve balance. You can either work with it or against it. And if you work against it, it will fall back in the opposite direction to which you pushed it to the exact same degree and maybe even further. Which means if you worked really hard to lose the weight, but you've done it without supporting your body on the backside, more than likely your body is going to regain all of the weight, maybe even a few extra pounds, because that's what it does to regain a sense of balance. So if we want to change, we have to see that stress is not bad. And this is just a good viewpoint for the world because I feel like we've attached stress as like a character trait, as like, oh, things are fine, you know, just stressed as usual. Life is just so busy. Like we attach these words that feel so normal in our everyday life, but we do it in a way that's so unhealthy. We we do it in a way that's so negative, that keeps us stuck in old patterns, that keeps us stuck down regulating our body. And we create a story that stress and all stress is bad. And again, just like food, I'm not here to say that we should be stressed 100% of the time, but it's not really the stress that's bad. It's our perspective of the stress. It's worrying about the stress that makes stress bad. Just like it's not the anxiety that's bad, it's the anxiety about the anxiety where things really start to go wrong. And we do this a lot of times, right? Like we're stressed, but then we start worrying about the fact that we're overly stressed. And this is what health has become. It's like, we want to get healthy, but we're so worried about making the right decisions that everything feels stressful and it really starts to work against you. And this is what I ask a lot of people of like, you can do all the right things, but when does the stress of doing them perfectly override the benefit of what you're actually doing? And I think a lot of people lie right here, somewhere here where they try and they attempt and they try to do all the right things, but they're so stressed about doing it that really, All the right things are not having the same benefit because they're being done in a negative perspective. It's still creating a threat inside your system, which is changing the way your body responds. So the moment your healthy idea and your healthy lifestyle becomes another stress, it becomes just as unhealthy as the unhealthy lifestyle you're trying to escape. And I want to make, be very loud about this because In the world who glamorizes stress as a way of life or almost a success measure, we make it really hard to process the fact that not all stress is bad, not all stress needs to ruin your life, and not all stress is worth the energy that we give it. You're going to be stressed. Life is hard, but that doesn't mean it's bad. It's just changing your perspective to see it as good. And here's the thing about stress. Often what we stress about, we stress about because it feels out of our control. And while you can't always control the stress, and we try to, right? The uncontrolled feeling makes us push for more control when really we don't have a lot of control. We don't have control over the world or other people or even our health and our life, but we do have control to how we respond to that our perspective of that. And your perspective changes everything. It 100% changes how you react biologically and mentally and physically and all the things to that stress response. And I think one of the things that I just want to be clear 
You shouldn't stress about everything. I want to be clear that stress is not bad, so stop making it bad. Too much stress can be bad, just like too many carbs, but it's understanding that it can be a really good thing if you keep the right perspective and you work to achieve balance. I'm going to talk about this this summer in the podcast series, changing stress and making it good, because this is a topic I'm really passionate about. And I've worked really hard through, like my life isn't less stressful. It just appears less stressful because I'm less concerned about the stress. But if we focus on the chaos, if we focus on the overwhelm, if we focus on what's not working right, what's out of our control, we're naturally going to feel more out of control. Instead, it's just trying less and living more. So that's number six. Stress is not as bad for you as everyone makes it out to be. It's the perspective that stress is bad that makes stress bad. And number seven is health is not your identity. Now, I want to land here for a moment because I have to admit, I was completely wrong about this for a long time. In fact, it's only been in the last few months, maybe six months, that I've actually been pondering this on my own because for the longest time and even through my healing journey, I realized that or I thought that If health was just who we are, it must be part of our identity, right? And so the answer to getting healthy was not in doing more things. It was about in making it part of who you are. And in that, you'll live it out. Because we're people who live out of our identity. Like we are people who live out of our beliefs. But I got really convicted by this. And I used to say things like, health is not what you do, it's who you are. Which there's an underlying truth in that. I fully believe that we were created in health for health. Now, the idea and the vision of what that looks like for you is going to be very individualized. Like, I'm not here to say that health is perfection. It's free of illness and free of disease and free of um, anything that might harm you. I think that's an absolutely absurd way to look at health in life because it makes health a privilege. But I think that 100% of people have access to health regardless of age, regardless of skin color, regardless of economical status, regardless of disabilities, we all have a vision and a view and a way to live out health because it's inside of us. It's part of us just living and existing. And it's the tool to help us live in the midst of some things that are hard. And so we have to see that health is very individualized. It's it's not a privilege. It's a part of us. And I still fully believe that. But the part of me that started to get convicted was making health an identity. Because what I started to realize is that as soon as we start to make something a part of our identity, this is where we allow shame and guilt and our emotions to really flood the scene. And I started to wonder, maybe we're people who've made health so much a part of our identity that we failed because we simply have a poor identity to begin with. (laughs) So what I mean by that is when something is your identity, it becomes your way of life. And your identity is really what shapes you. It's what molds you. And a lot of times people have really harmful things as a part of their identity. Like trauma can take a steering wheel of your identity. Like you start to identify with the parts of you that you hate. Like I'm so fat or... I'm worthless, I'm dumb, I'm what, whatever it is, right? We start to make these associations that become part of our identity. Now, we can do this with good things too. Like, I'm a mom, I'm a teacher, I'm a student, I'm a Christian. And we start to even bring 
faith into our identity, which we should. What I started to realize is that your identity molds your life. It shapes you. And what is your identity is what you live out of. It's what you chase. It's what fulfills you. It's what tries to satisfy you. But I think a lot of the things that we place in our identity were never meant to be an identity, like giving food more power than it has. I think we've allowed health to have more power than it deserves. Instead of health just being how you live, like the fuel source to live your life, like putting gasoline in your car, it becomes like what type of car you drive. It becomes an image thing. It becomes an achievement. It becomes something that then can easily rub on your guilt and shame. And so instead of things just being what you do, they start to have a moral code to them. And what we give a moral code to directs our life. And this is where things get really damaging because food doesn't have the power to direct your life and neither does what you look like. But if you start to shape your identity with truth and you really start to get rid of all this other stuff that are terrible identity sources like your self-worth, like finding validation in other people, uh, like your job, things that can leave you, like your financial status, All of those things are dependent upon other things that are relatively out of your control. And if you fill your identity with things that are out of your control, you're going to live your life trying to find the control and you're going to obsess about them while missing the reality of life. And I think this is what so many of us do. And again, to plug the summer, we're going to talk about building a better identity. But I think we flood our identity with so many things that we don't even know what we identify with and we create our own identity crisis and then we're trying to be healthy, but we don't want to be healthy because that kind of rubs against our inner trauma of what we believe about ourselves. And then we have this massive tug of war and no one wins. No one wins here because we filled our identity with things that have no power to change who we are. And instead of just keeping them in the rightful place, of being things that we should do because they're good things to do, because they're a part of being human, we make them an emotional trap that has the power to change our hope and our worth. And we can't do that. We can't do that because we'll never win here. No one wins here. Health then becomes a trap. It becomes an emotional pit that leaves you desperate, unsatisfied, lacking hope, frustrated, overwhelmed, and not capable of loving yourself or loving anyone else around you. It keeps you isolated, stuck in pain, and longing for a better image of whatever it is that you've believed will get you there. But this cannot be our identity. We're going to talk about this later this summer because we really need to get rid of as many things in our identity as possible and just fixate on a very limited number of things that should fill our identity. Like the least number of things you can put in your identity, the more satisfied and fulfilled your life is going to be, especially when we get into the faith aspect of that because your identity really is your heart. It's your soul. It leads to your purpose and gives you hope and your sense of worth. And we have to stop letting health have the power to change your sense of worth because it can't, it shouldn't. It doesn't have that power. It just destroys you. And I don't want it to destroy you because this is exactly why I got into the health space. Not to make you skinny, but to help you see that your worth is not tied to the number sewn in the waistband of your pants. Taking a seat at the table does not depend on the number on the scale. We have to stop attaching our worth. And the only way to do that is to stop making health a part of your identity. 
Health is not who you are. It's what you do, which is so backwards from what I've told you for years. And I feel terrible about that. But it shows I'm still learning too. We're always going to be learning. No one has the right answers. That's why maybe in five years, I'm gonna come back and be like, actually, those unpopular health opinions I hold, those aren't true. But for now, they are true to me. And I hope that you found some value in them and some encouragement in them. And when it comes back to health is not your identity, what I want you to start to recognize is anytime you allow health to become an emotional component of your life. And that's not to say that the act of eating should be emotional, but I'm talking about when it rubs against your shame and it rubs against your guilt and it makes you feel unworthy and it makes you feel purposeless and it really consumes all of your attention because it's part of your identity, I want you to stop and say like, no, this doesn't make me who I am. Looking a certain way will not give me more purpose. But health, its only purpose is to help you live out your purpose. It's the fuel. It's the gasoline in your tank that you need to live your life. It's not who you are. It's just what you do. And when health is what you do, you can just do it because it's the right thing to do without any emotional value. And when you do it because it's the right thing to do, you're going to know that you're going to fail sometimes. It's like brushing your teeth. We don't always want to, but we just do it because it's the right thing to do. You might not do it every day. It's not going to be perfect. And sometimes you're not going to floss. And sometimes you're going to only brush for 30 minutes a day. Sometimes you're going to do the whole thing because you recognize there's a consequence if we don't, right? Like you're going to get cavities. You're going to spend endless amounts of money at the dentist. And I don't like the dentist. It's valuable. Like you need it. And we need to do it because it's the right thing to do. And, and that's kind of what we want to get health to. It's not this big thing that consumes you because you're looking for it to fill a void that it can't fill. But it's something that helps you to live, to experience, which means we must go back to tip number one, which is health is not a destination, it's an action. It's how you create it. You don't have to wait for it. It's just what you do. Now, like I mentioned, we're going to dig more into this this summer, but I hope this gives you a little bit of encouragement and excitement to say like, okay, I do need to change my perspective of it. Here's one or two unpopular health opinions that I'm like, okay, I'm really feeling this. Like, yeah, I like where you're going. Dig into that a little bit more. Like I mentioned over on the blog, I'm going to write a little bit more about each one. Most of them have supporting podcasts that go along with them. If you want to talk about What about carbs or the reason you can't change and get into willpower or about balance and learning how to get more energy? How how do you actually do health? I can teach all of that to you over at The Living Well. I also share this in my weekly fill every single week. I share how do you do health and how do you fill your identity with things that actually matter? I'm going to break it all down over at The Living Well. Make sure you sign up for the email list. And also, again, I would love to know what would you add to this list? Leave a comment on the blog, on social media, or send me a message at alexa at thelivingwell.com. I love to hear from you, and I hope that you found a place here where you can maybe start to change the narrative of health that has sucked the life out of you, and you can forgive yourself for all the years that you've spent chasing something that never gave back to you, and recognize that really wasn't your fault. It was just the belief that the health space has created, but we can break that down. And we can say, you don't need to chase it because you have it. It's just how do you choose to live it out? 
You have everything that you need to create your own version of health that your body needs right now. What can you do to support that so you can experience that? Okay, we're breaking all this down over at The Living Well. I hope you love this podcast. Don't forget to stay tuned. Next week, we have a special guest on. We're gonna talk more about minerals, homeopathics, things like that that are pretty exciting. Also, don't forget to stay tuned for the summer series about shifting your identity and health, really building a better mind-body connection so you can just live it and stop worrying about it. Okay, I'll be back here later this week with a brand new podcast. In the meantime, I'll see you over at thelivingwell.com. Thank you.